Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. In this episode, I'm going to discuss a topic mentioned in an article by Guy Hagen called Balance from Destruction, Secret Teachings of Osensei. In it, he talks about kopojitsu, or bone techniques. The term, he explains, is used as a more broad term to describe destructive techniques of all kinds. Really, most techniques can be destructive, so that means that the term is more in reference not to particular techniques, but the idea that a technique is applied with the intention to cause harm or injury. Within the article, Hagen discusses at length statements made by Mitsugi Saotome-sensei in regards to kopojitsu and its place in Aikido. This article really is enlightening, and one that I think every Aikido practitioner should read. There is a link to the article in the description. I'll be talking a bit about what is in this article, but my intention with this episode is not a detailed analysis or breakdown of the article itself. I strongly suggest you go read that article, but I'll reference the relevant points here and cover my thoughts on how they may apply to our own approach to training Aikido. The author explains that modern Aikido is the more gentle practice of the art of Aikido, the light side as it were, where people can practice safely. This makes sense and it has its place in martial arts training. Even the intense arts of boxing, wrestling, sambo, judo, and MMA use lighter training to build skills while avoiding injuries. Russian martial artists have brought this to the level of an art form, and they have a number of world championships which are testament to the effectiveness of this approach. Kopojitsu is the dark side of Aikido. It is the expression of Aikido which many modern Aikidoka are not comfortable facing or even admitting exists. It seems to go against the image which has been painted of Aikido since the Founder's passing. That image being that Aikido is about peace, harmony, and isn't about fighting. The fact that Aikido has a dark side seems to be at odds with this image. What's the reality? It seems to me that a martial art which is not capable of causing injury or harm is just not a practical martial art. If practitioners study a martial art in such a way that they are incapable of causing harm or injury, I would question their ability to be effective in extremely violent situations. Avoiding causing unnecessary harm shows good character. Softening training to the point that one lacks practical skills is a disservice to any martial art. If we look to Osensei as an example, the story of the Emperor of Japan requesting a demonstration comes to mind. Osensei's initial response was that a demonstration would be fake, or a lie. His explanation was that true Aikido would likely result in injury or death, and he didn't want to lie to the Emperor by demonstrating a false Aikido. He tried to avert avoiding doing the demonstration. The Emperor insisted, and Osensei performed the demonstration. The result was that the attacker got his arm broken, and Gozo Shioda stepped in to be uke. I rather doubt that Osensei intended to break his attacker's arm, but that's just my guess. If the attacker wanted to make sure the demonstration was intense enough to satisfy witnesses, he likely attacked with a great intensity, and the result was that his energy got turned around against him and he ended up hurt. I think it would be safe to say that if Osensei wanted to hurt him, or worse, the results would have been far more serious. The main point here, I think, is the clear statement that Aikido is very much capable of causing injury or death. Osensei's statement had no reference about being peaceful or protecting the attacker. 
Saotome mentions a concept that Osensei taught a select few of his students, including himself. It's a concept many modern Aikidoka have heard, but don't appear to understand or embrace. That is the philosophy of Katsujinkan and Satsujinkan, which is life-giving sword and death-giving sword. I've also heard this concept as the sword which gives life and the sword which takes life. I see the parallel within the balance between yin and yang. When these two aspects are out of balance, there's turmoil and discord. When they are in balance, there's harmony. I believe the same holds true to Aikido. If the two forces are out of balance, the art is incomplete and will not be at its full potential. It seems to me that modern Aikido, for the most part, has become drastically imbalanced to the yin side. Yin is the passive, and yang is the assertive. In strategy, there's a time for both. A wise strategist favors neither, but sees what the situation calls for and uses the best tool to achieve the goal at hand. If the strategist has only one tool, he must hope that whatever challenge he faces doesn't require the other one. From the standpoint of self-defense and dealing with violence, if you need powerful physical tools and you don't have them, the result could be dire for you. The other side is that if the only tool that you have is a hammer, which is using physical force, then every problem starts looking like a nail. Imbalance in either direction is not a good thing. The idea that there's a dark side to Aikido may not sit well with some. We may even question whether it's necessary or appropriate. Many of us live in peaceful communities where savage violence is so uncommon as though it seems to not exist. Or if it does, it happens far away. What is the truth? The truth is that there is a dark side to humanity. One of the worst lies we tell our children, or believe ourselves, is that monsters don't exist. They do exist, and they look exactly like human beings. They live among us and can be difficult to spot until it's too late. They may be rare, but they certainly exist, and they live among us. This is a very chilling concept, but we must be aware and be ready should the time come when we must deal with one. It's not a pleasant prospect, but you may need to use violence to stop a monster someday. I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that any person who uses violence is a monster. There are times when you are both legally and morally justified in using violence to defend yourself. Very few people have encountered the kind of monster that I'm talking about. I think many people have trouble accepting that they might encounter one. The media has been a double-edged sword in this regard. The good part is that there's enough information out there about monstrous people like this that we know that they exist. A few recognizable examples are serial killers like Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Ted Bundy. There are many more like this who you probably have never heard of. It is unsettling to find out just how many instances of brutal violence of the worst kind are out there. It's chilling to the soul to know how dark the dark side of humanity can get. As I said before, they are not very common. But threats like these should not be dismissed because the odds are that they won't happen to you. I don't think any martial artist should be eager or even ready to unleash the maximum potential of their art on someone unless the situation calls for it. The reality is that there are some situations which may call for that. Your life might rely on stopping someone who is hell-bent on harming you, and simply being pushed away or tossed to the ground might not dissuade them. It's easy to dismiss such a high level of aggression because we've never seen it or experienced it. Very few people have ever been attacked by a bear either, but that doesn't mean it could not happen. In the bear analogy, it's easy to think that since we don't live in the woods, where bears tend to live, then the likelihood of a bear attack is almost zero. And one would be right about that. 
The problem is that human monsters don't live in the woods. They live in populated areas. If you are around people, and we humans are almost always part of some community or other, you are living where human monsters live. It's an unpleasant thought, but so is the idea of burning to death in a fire. We don't dismiss the threat of fire because it will probably not happen to us. Instead, we prepare for it. Sprinklers, fire alarms, and fire extinguishers are common. We get training and education about what to do to prevent fires and how to respond to them when they happen. We don't just say that fires are uncommon and don't take measures to prepare for them. I believe dealing with violence is much the same thing, and martial art and self-defense training is a multifaceted approach for preparing for it. To bring this back to the point, Kopojitsu is meant to address a most dire of circumstances in regards to violence, not every violent situation. If a practitioner used the most dangerous techniques and methods for even the mildest conflicts, he would become the monster. I think this is the reason for the tradition of instructors being very careful about the students they take and the people they teach. There's a problem when you give potent weapons to people who are mentally ill or lack restraint. The key here is that you trust that they will use good judgment in deciding when it is necessary to go to the dark side. Should that time come, their training should have prepared them to succeed. As Satomi stated in the interview, if Aikido is just dancing for you, then your Aikido is shallow and it has no ability to either defend or heal. The healing reference was to another point from the article I did not mention, which is that the ability to hurt goes hand in hand with the ability to heal. It's the expression of the life-giving sword. Satomi also explains that Osensei did not use a special word or term for these teachings, nor did he do anything different to reveal them to his select students. The movements were all within everything the students were learning. The deeper essence was evident within the experience they gained through training to recognize what they were seeing. I think it's accurate to say that a vast majority of Aikido practitioners would not recognize that deeper essence when they're looking right at it. I admit that it took me quite some time to get to know Aikido well enough to start seeing potential well beyond what is obvious. It's something I'm still fascinated with and working on myself. I also have a long way to go to learn more about it. I'll wrap up with how I view this kopojutsu and how it applies to character, which is something that I think every conscientious person is concerned about. It's absolutely relevant to all martial artists, and I think Aikidokas struggle with this far more than any other martial art practitioners do. This is probably due to the yin imbalance that I referred to earlier. Imagine this scenario. Let's say you return home and you see your front door is kicked in. You hear screaming from the other room and you run in there to see your spouse or child being attacked by a monster. What are you willing to do to stop it and protect them? What are you physically able to do? I've heard of a senior Aikido instructor, and I won't say which one, respond with, I would do nothing. His answer reflected his dedication to pacifism, which included his understanding of Aikido's philosophy. My guess is that there is more than one Aikido practitioner out there who believes in pacifism so deeply that they would give the same or very similar answer. I wonder, how would your spouse or child respond if they heard you give such an answer? How would you respond if your spouse or parent said that they would not intervene directly to help you if your life or safety were in imminent danger? Obviously, I know my feelings on this, but they're not important. What are your feelings on it? How would you respond? Please share your thoughts and ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live, 
Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.